When I was asked if I would be willing to, to share this morning, I said, of course. We're in our Ephesians series, so I was given the, the passage of Scripture. And I said, score. This one writes itself. <laughs> so I was like, all right, quick three points. You know, hey, you know, we're going to talk about uh, walk as children of the light. So, you know, light versus dark, who's the light, and how do we walk, you know? couple backing scriptures, a couple illustrations, wrap it up, put a bow on it, and here you go. God bless you. Thank, thanks for the easy passage, Pastor Tim. And as I sit down and start putting it together, the Holy Spirit goes, yeah, well, I want you to do this. And I was like, God, because normally, normally when a pastor struggles, it's because they, Lord, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? Why? Well, I, I already knew. And he goes, no, just, just trust me. So I, I fought literally for a couple of weeks, and I, and I went ahead and, and listened to the Holy Spirit and, and, and did what he said. And the whole time, are you sure? You know, because I can change it real quick. You know, we can, you know. And um, I'm going to even say this. I'm going to stick with the plan that, you know, the Holy Spirit promised me to stick. I'm going to stick with the plan. So, the, you know, don't get worried. Uh, Pastor Sharon, you know, you did all those slides. We're going to use them. I did the proper outline and all that kind of stuff. But I'm also going to be willing if the Holy Spirit says, all right, you know what, guess what? I'm going to switch now. We'll switch now. But for now, we're going to go with the plan. It's all good. So as, as Pastor Sam mentioned, we are in our series in Ephesians. So if you want to find in your Bible, Ephesians chapter 5. I'll give you a second there. It'll be up on the screen also. I, I'm just going to say this. I, I, I teach the starting blocks, and I do discipleship and stuff. And thank God for technology, and we can put this stuff on the screen. But... Bring your Bibles. I'm, so, I'm sorry. That's just, that's just me. Bring your Bibles. Amen. It's just something about seeing it in the print and be able to, you know, maybe take notes or, or, or whatever. So anyway, if you're, you know, if you like your iPhone or whatever, that's, that's cool. But the blessings are a little bit better out of print. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, so Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to start at verse 6. And go down to verse 14. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God has come upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is all good, goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore he says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Father, right now, we just, uh, as we get into your word, I just pray right now, Father, that you just... Uh, uh, I, you put a word in my heart that is from you. It's not from me. Father, I just pray that I would be able to speak the words that you would have to, to speak. Father, I pray that I have this for uh, open ears and open minds and open hearts, Father, to receive the word that you have for our church today. Father, everything that is of the Holy Spirit, I pray, would penetrate and take root and change lives. And everything that comes from me would fall on deaf ears. And Father, this, uh, once again, we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory as we uh, step into your word, Father. We, once again, give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So, like I said, it was quick, quick, easy few points. We'll, and I'll stick to some of those points. You know, we'll, we'll go with them. 
you know. So the first one, you know, we're talking about light, walks children light, so light versus dark. Now for me, I like light. Light's a good thing. I like to see what I'm doing. I, you know, I, I don't want to bump around. There's been times where I might come home late from you know, something I'm doing with the band or whatever, and I'm going to be that real sensitive guy, and I'm not going to wake the family up. I'm going to turn on the lights, you know. I know my house. I can navigate to the bedroom. I don't have to wake anybody up. Only to find out that my wife decided to change the furniture that day while I was gone. And my little toe finds the end table that wasn't there earlier when I left. And now the whole house knows I'm home. I should have just turned on the lights and, <laughs> and done my thing. Another thing is, what's up with dark restaurants? Thank you, Pastor. I'm getting a, a great nod from Pastor. Yes. And now somebody, it's romantic. I want to see what I'm eating. Why are you turning off lights? What are you putting in front of me? Oh, Pastor Ray, you just need to learn how to... And not every meal is romantic. Okay, was it last year or two years ago? Anyway, my, my daughter Angie, who's up here, and my granddaughter Paisley decided for my birthday they were going to take me well, to Disneyland, okay? And we're going to have a fun time at Disneyland. And we made reservations at one of the restaurants. And so it comes time, you know, hey, you hungry? Yeah, you know, reservation's about now. So we go, go over to get our reservation. And it's dark. It is so dark in there that the menus have now little lights on the top that you turn the light on so you can read the menu. <laughs> turn on the light. <laughs> right? And so it's, it's not romantic. I'm there with my daughter and granddaughter at Disneyland. <laughs> it doesn't need to be dark. So I, Light is a good thing, okay? Now, this is almost kind of sarcastic, but it's going to tie in real quick. So light is good. I like the light. But I also like the back here thing I say with Scripture. So if you turn to Genesis chapter 1, I think you already know where I'm going with this. <laughs> in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, the earth without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, amen. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. Now, I know this passage of Scripture is talking about God creating the earth, God creating day and night. I, I get that. That's literally what is being talked about here. But I love this fact that it says they saw the light and it was good and God divided the light from the darkness. He made a division. And you're saying, well, of course, light and dark can't live together, you know, etc. We'll maybe talk about that in a second. But there was a separation. And we'll talk about this, but, you know, light and dark can't necessarily coexist together. Um, the darkest dark cannot extinguish a light, but the dimmest, faintest of lights can dispel the darkest dark. Okay? We'll talk more about that in a minute. I'm just throwing that one out also. But the point here that was made that dark and light need to be separated. There must be a division made between them. And uh, we're in our passage in Ephesians here. 
And Paul kind of alludes to that same separation. Okay? Well, let's go to verse 8. It says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. And then in verse 11, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. And how many times do we try to walk that line in between, hey, let's see how close to darkness I can get, you know? You know, I, I can go over here, I can still see, everything's cool, right? And we, we, we try to blend that together. Uh, another verse, this is not on a slide, so if you want to see it, you can write it down in your notes, or you can turn with me so there's no slide, Pastor Sharon. Um, First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians chapter 5, starting at verse 5, says this. You are all sons of light and sons of day. You are not of the night or of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet of hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to attain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. That's very similar to our verse in Ephesians. It's almost parallel what he's talking about. He's talking about separating the light and the dark. He's saying, you know, wrath has come upon them. And he was talking about the wrath coming on the disobedient in Ephesians. I see so many people, I mean, I even have friends who try to push that darkness so far. And how close can I get? And then they wonder why their life is all messed up. Why are all these things happening? Why isn't God answering my prayers? Why, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Why are my children doing these things? Well, let me see. Look at the decorations in your home. Look at the music you listen to. Look at the way you dress. Look at, you've got this blurred vision. Oh, but what you don't understand is I'm a Christian. You know, and I always get, well, don't judge me by the way I look, you know, whatever. I'm not judging by the way you look. I'm just judging you by the word of God. It says don't be messing around with the darkness. And if you're going to push those boundaries, how close you can get, well, come on. You know, and so we need to have that fellowship with the Lord. We've got to think about a lot of things that we do, say, et cetera. If we have Christ in us, we are taking Christ and doing those things that we may not need to be doing with him. We're bringing him into that. But yet, if he was literally here, would you do that? And I'm going to propose that he is literally here. <laughs> but, you know, you're like, so, well, you know. And so it's not like a switch each other. Hey, you know, Jesus, you know, just over here for me because I'm going to go over here you know, do something, you know. And then, okay, Jesus, you can come back and bless me and, you know, and heal me and give me everything I've asked for. And then, okay, I'm going to put you back in the closet for a minute. We can't be walking like that. He says, we've got to walk in that light with that hope of that salvation. So, once again, you know, the light and dark has to have that separation. I'm going to go through some of these points pretty quick. Um, just because I want to get to um, where I want to go. So, the next obvious question is, you know, walk as children of light. Well, who is the light? Okay, so the running joke is you're at church, you're in Sunday school, you're at seminary, you're whatever, and your pastor, leader, professor asks you a question like that. 
What's the obvious question? Jesus. Okay, well, in this case, however, you would be correct. <laughs> yeah, everyone's getting worried, like, should I say Jesus? Is he going <laughs> to... It's, it's Jesus, okay? And, and once again, I don't like to throw out... If I say Jesus is light, everybody's like, yes, amen, I, I believe that. I like to back that with scripture. I just, I'm that guy, you know, you all believe it, you all know it. But we're just going to hit a few scriptures here and just prove my point. So John chapter 1, starting at verse 1, says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light, and that through him, that all through him might believe. He was not the light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light, and the true light which gives light to every man in coming into the world. Now, I want to jump down to verse 14. I know I'm going to skip a little bit. I'm going to go down to verse 14. And then it goes, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So in John's gospel here, he spends his first chunk telling us who Jesus is. Okay? And in case you didn't catch that, because... It, Beginning was the Word, and then He was the Light, you know, and then He became flesh. Well, who is He talking about? He's talking about Jesus, okay? And there's a couple. Is it, Jesus is the Word. The Word was with God, and then it says that the Word became flesh at the, towards the end there. Now I'm gonna give you a little hint because a lot of times when we're reading our Bibles, it, it's kind of tough. That's when He's talking about He's the Word. Now He's the Light, you know, etc. Now, not all translations, and I'm not trying to say one translation is better than the other. Okay, don't, don't hear that from me. Please do not hear that from me. If your translation speaks to you and you understand it, and, and you know, as you read it, God, the Holy Spirit just you know, illuminates the scripture, you, awesome. So I'm, I'm not that guy. But many translations, they will capitalize words for deity. So when Jesus, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, God, they will capitalize not only his name, in this, in this particular uh, translation, the word is capitalized, signifying that we're talking about deity. Down later, it talks about the light. That was the true light. That's capitalized. They're talking about deity. And then, of course, the pronouns will be capitalized. So sometimes it's, it's good to have, if you're not quite sure, get what the Bible that does the capitalization. It's like, oh, he's talking about a deity here. Oh, you know. Um, a lot of times, in the, um, even in the Old Testament, it's the same way. A lot of times you'll read something, and it'll be lowercase, but they're actually talking about a, maybe a reincarnation of, of Jesus. Or, or, you know, God's come down to the Spirit of the Lord, and it's capitalized many times. It's just a hint. It's just a help. It's, you know, I'm not saying anything's bad. And a lot of things, you can get it. But I can see how this would be confusing. You know, he's talking about the Word. He's talking about light, and then it became flesh. And he's talking about Jesus. Plain and simple. So who is light? It's, it's Jesus. Um, 
still in the book of John, John chapter 8, verse 12. Now this is Jesus speaking. He says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And again in John chapter 12, he says, I have come as light into the world, that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. Now, time doesn't allow us to go through all, like, 20-some scriptures where it refers to Jesus as light. But it just here's a, a couple of them just to say, hey, he, he's light. And even Jesus himself says, I am the light. And he even says that uh, if you believe in him, you should not walk in darkness. So even Jesus, after he explains who he is, he, he even says, hey, don't walk in the dark. I, I'm the light. Let, let me show you. You don't have to eat in that restaurant where it's dark. You don't have to have a little light under your menu. I'll, I'll illuminate it for you. <laughs> right? And so he goes on. So don't walk in darkness. Um, in, our, in our verse, uh, um, you don't have to put the slide up again, but in Ephesians chapter 5, in verse 8, for you were once, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So Jesus is the light, and then through him in us, we have the light. We are not the light, but through him, we are light. So I'm going through these, these points really quick. <laughs> I got a reason for that. So next step, number three. So now walk as children of the light. See, sometimes the problem that we face is that uh, we think we're walking in the light, but we're walking in almost darkness or a very faint light. But yet there is a light, so we, we think we're doing good, but we're walking on, and sometimes in total darkness. I had planned on sharing this, and then um, last week Pastor Danny shared this. And it's a, I'm, I want to talk you through an illustration. And I, I, I really had put it in my notes, and he started talking. I'm like, going, oh, come on, Pastor Danny. <laughs> really? I had this in my notes. <laughs> and you know what? I would have shared it anyway because you weren't there. But this illustration that Pastor Danny did with the young people illustrates how, how the light works and how the light can be um, taken away or, or stolen. So we're in this room, and this room represents you. This, is, this room is you and your life. Now, the enemy does not want you to walk in the light. So he's going to do everything he can to steal that light from you. Now, the one thing he will not do, and, and part of this illustration is, he's not just going to walk up to the breaker and slam the breaker shut, right? And all of a sudden, it's dark. And if that was to happen, if I was to uh, have them take the lights and just shut them off right now, we'd be sitting in darkness. You wouldn't be able to see. You'd be stumbling around to get up. Well, now that you grab your cell phone and light something up. But it also proves part of my point. Right? So it gets dark. You can't see. You're stumbling around. You're tripping over chairs. You're bumping into people. You don't know who you bumped into because it's dark. But you, also it's dark. But you know it's dark because it happened right now. And you're going to do everything you can to fix that. Right? It, it, boom, the lights went out. What happened? I got to fix something. Now you take the same scenario, same room. And I would, if I was to give each one of you a candle, 
and we do a candlelight service. And each one of you had a candle. We lit the candles. We shut the, shut the lights off. There'd be little or no difference in the, in the room. It'd be well lit. We can see and, you know, everything, everything's good. The way the enemy is going to come at you now is he's going to come and start what they call picking at the low-hanging fruit. And he's going to start, you know, so he's, you know, that, that movie, that television show, I probably shouldn't watch it because there is a lot of violence in there and there's some, there's some nudity and some sex scenes. But, you know, it's a really good story. The cinematography is excellent. You know, and it's got yeah, a great plot. And Satan goes, yeah, now goes one of your lights. But one, just one, nobody notices. You don't notice. It's just, it's just one light. And then you go along, and you're, you're going through life. You're at work, say, and at work, you get a um, time off for lunch. You get a half hour, half hour. Let's call it an hour because it's your lunch hour. So you get, you get your hour for lunch. Your lunch hour doesn't start five minutes before, and in 15 minutes later when you get back. That's, that's stealing, guys. That's, you're stealing from the company. Guess what? Psst. Light goes out. Now, some lights are just one at a time. It's not that big of a deal. It didn't make a difference. Still plenty of light going around. Some light or more. Some might take three or four candles out. So, you know, different sins. And I don't have time to go through each and every sin that's possible in every scenario. You get the picture, okay? Lights start going out little by little, one by one, three or four at a time, however it gets going. Same room that, we're, that we were in earlier. And now you're standing there holding one candle. And that's all that's left of what was once really bright and, and, and shiny. You just got one, but you still have the one. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You still have that, that one. And I'll even say that that's the one is all you need. Okay. But that one candle now is very susceptible to anything, any winds, any troubles, any temptations, wherever you're, you're struggling to keep that one light lit. And then all of a sudden, finally, guess what happens? That last light goes out. But only this time, in the exact same room, in the exact same darkness that was before, this time, when that last light goes out, you're like, I can see. And our young people got to actually experience and, and, and see that last week. It, it, when that realization comes in, that, that darkness, that, that first time when the light goes off, to, uh, slowly goes out by candle by candle by candle, now you're in the same room, the same time of day, the same darkness, but now you can see. Now you're not tripping over chairs. Now you're not bumping into people. Matter of fact, you can, Chris can be sitting over here and recognize John over there. <laughs> right? You, you recognize faces across the room. And you, you know, it's not the ideal situation, but I can function, I can manage. And we begin to walk our life that way, in that darkness. Where before, with that same darkness, we would have tried to fix it. 
It's, oh, it's dark, I can't see, you gotta fix this. And now, gradually, we let it get that same darkness. Now we see, and we begin to walk, and we begin to function like that. And that's not what God had intended for us. We're children of the light. He wants us, he wants that light to be in us. He wants it, it talks also about that light exposing the darkness, but see, now we've embraced the darkness. You know, I, I mentioned my friends who do those certain things, and you're like, yeah, well, that's why. But now I'm going to turn around. Maybe we're in that same boat. We're not messing with the, well, we, you know, oh, that's obviously dark. You're messing with that. But we're messing with other things. Our life's not as bright. And now we're wondering why. Hey, how come my prayers aren't being answered like they used to be? How come my life is like this? How come, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we, we go through... Um, when Pastor Tim was sharing about taking the guy out, out of the village, I, I heard a guy preach a sermon same, you know, on, on that thing, and his, his tagline on it was, he takes him out of the, the village, he heals him, and says, don't go back. He goes, some of you need to change your address. <laughs> it's time for an address change. That's why he took him out of the city. That's why he said, don't go back, change your address, live somewhere else now. Maybe we need to change our address. Maybe that's time. I, I, I struggle with, I, I hope I did an okay job sharing that illustration because when you, when you see the illustration, it's powerful. It's, it'll stick with you. And I think we have enough imagination. We can think, yeah, I can see that. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I got that. So um, I had mentioned earlier about uh, dark cannot extinguish the light. So the light, the darkness is not what extinguishes the light, okay? But the, the smallest light can dispel the darkest dark. Uh, we had a, a family friend, I'm just going to kind of share how, you know, this, this works, this faintest light. And, and I had mentioned earlier, if you only had that one candle, whatever, praise God, you got the one candle, right? It's not the ideal situation, but you got the one. So we had a family friend who... It was, it was several years ago, and he, he served our, our, our country in the Army, and he was in one, what they called a conflict. It was a war, but they called it a conflict. Um, he served there, and he was a scout. And he was talking about some of the things that he experienced as being a scout. And he was telling us, like, I have never experienced dark, like I have experienced dark in that jungle. Because I've never, it was just, the darkness was just overwhelming. But he was saying how in that darkness, that smallest light can repel that darkness. So they were trained to look for certain light things. Uh, he was saying like they even, his watch, it wasn't a digital watch back then, it, you know, it was old analog, and a lot of our teenagers don't know how to read those. Um, it, it's sad. You know. I, I was in instructional aid for a minute, and they'd look at the clock, hey, what time is it? I'm like, serious? <laughs> High school kids, you know. Anyway, so he has a watch, and he said, in our, our, our watches, that some of the watches would have this uh, chemical on it that would make the numbers and the arms illuminate, so you can see it at, at night. And because of that, they had a cover that they covered their watch with. There was a snap, and he said, snap this, this piece of leather on, so just even that light wouldn't be, be shown. Remember, they're, they're scouting out, looking for the enemy, and trying to, you know. He goes, not only that, the glass 
Because this, this is the darkest dark I've ever experienced. I've never seen dark like this. But somehow, somewhere, there's some light that would reflect off that glass. And it might as well have been a thousand watt spotlight to the enemy. Boom, hey, there they are, and give away their position. And vice versa, they're looking for that too. Just that lightest. So it's great that we have sunlight into us, okay? Because that will expel the darkness. But are we using that light to expel the darkness? Okay? Or are, are we like, you know, it's a bad, kind of a bad illustration, but are we like that, my buddy? putting that cover over the watch that so nobody sees this because you know this little this little bright this little light from my numbers glowing might give me away or my glass on the watch might just catch the light just right and, and catch somebody's attention we need to let that light go burn get just be like so bright in our lives that everybody there's no question with that, you know, the verse talks about illuminating the darkness and exposing. Instead of us embracing, now we're exposing, or at least we should be. And for, with our light, uh, you know, there's times where you'll I'll be out in the grass meshing around, we'll, you'll drop, you know, like a, one of your screws or the net, and you can't find it, you're looking at it, so what you do, you get much light on there to expose what you can to find, find that. And that's how we should live. Uh, another example I have about that. One time we were younger. As you know, I talk about a lot. I grew up in Orange County. I was a little surfer. You know, that's, that's how I lived my life, surfing. And unfortunately, I didn't go to school too often because um, I was at the beach. You know, I mean, come on, you can't be bike ride away from the beach and go to school. I mean, come on. <laughs> God fixed that. He moved me to Phoenix. So. <laughs> So it was a good thing. I met my wife and graduated high school. But anyway, um, went to the beach a lot. And one of the beaches that we frequent had fire pits. And there's these big round cement fire pits. And they had a pretty wide, you know, I don't know what it was, a ledge around it and everything. So we were at the beach one day. And we post up at one of the fire pits. You know, hey, this, this is ours. We're going to post up here. So we put all our stuff in and, around, in and around the fire pit. And I think the reason we picked this particular one was because there wasn't a lot of wood in it. It was mostly sand in it, maybe a stick or two. We put our ice chest in the fire pit. And it was in there, and we were sitting around and had our whatever, change of clothes, our blankets, whatever, just around the edge and stuff. So we were out of surf, and we were there, come back and eat, and sit, sit around the fire pit and eat, and go back and serve. And it was come time, like, it's about time to go home. It's, it's later afternoon. It's not dark. It's not cold. You know, it's just, it's just time to go home. And we were all sitting around that fire pit with our feet in, in, in the pit. And I had a stick. And I'm just messing around, hitting sand, sticking it in the sand. You know, yeah, should we go? Yeah, I just don't want to carry all this stuff to the car. We will say, we need to go, but don't want to leave yet, you know, type thing. And I'm still just messing around with the stick and poking it and whatever. And next thing you know, a little bit of smoke starts coming out of the sand. Okay, well, I don't know if we were men yet, but we were male. 
and the primal instinct took in, and you're not not going to make a fire now. <laughs> right? Challenge accepted. <laughs> so we take all of our stuff out of the pit. And mind you, we've been there all day. Our ice chest has been in there. Our feet have been We've been standing in it. We've been getting in the ice chest, standing on the same spot where the smoke came out. Had no clue that there was anything underneath that sand. No clue whatsoever. When that smoke came out, now we started moving the sand around. We're down in that fire pit. Right? We're blowing on this thing. Come on. And next thing you know, there, it, it starts glowing. Now we blow more, and there's a little flame. Now, I said, once again, game on. <laughs> so now we're looking for trash and wood out of the other fire pits, um, anything we can throw in there, and we built a fire. I mean, Tim Allen would be proud. Arr, arr. <laughs> right? We built it. It's an old reference if you guys. You know. <laughs> Matter of fact, this fire was too big for the pit. I mean, we, <laughs> it, was this, it was a big bonfire. Those fire pits were made for, you know, for roasting marshmallows and keeping warm, right? And, and like I said, it wasn't dark. It wasn't cold. There's was no reason for the fire. It just, in fact, we're going to build a fire. <laughs> And as a matter of fact, the, um, the light crash came out of the guys. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was raging. But see, the point, point of what I want to say is, the, I was talking about the faintest light in the jungle you know, exposing you. Or what we thought was no fire whatsoever, no spark, no sign of life whatsoever came back to life. And I said, it, literally, it, nothing. We were barefoot. I mean, we're talking some of our shoes, but we were barefoot in the sand. Our toes were in that sand. There was no sign whatsoever that there was anything underneath there. A little poking, a little messing around, came to life. Then we got in on our hands and knees and began to blow and blow on that fire. And as we blew on that fire, you know, it came more like, Started putting trash and other things blowing, you know, waving, you know, and, and it got that fire raging. We we need to let God stoke those fires in our lives. You know, another thing that we we, we did uh, I didn't mention this, but in that candlelight service illustration, once the light, all the lights go out, we talked about how you, you walk in the darkness, you're used to it. And then what you do is you begin to confess your sins. And as you confess your sin, you get to light your candle. So my candle's lit. And so, you know, he doesn't have to say it out loud. You know, we tell the kids, you know, if it's private, it's private. You, between you and God, but you confess your sin. So then, you know, Marcus is sitting there, and he confesses his sins. He reaches over, and he, he lights, you know, his candle. And then Pastor Tim, you know, and next thing you know, the whole room is lit up just from, from that one little, little spark. That's all it takes is that one little bit. And next thing you know, the room's lit up again like it, like, it, like it should be. Or like that fire pit where we had that raging fire. And so I guess what we could do here, we're talking about walking this children light. You know, one thing we could do is we take a moment and say, um, Let's turn the lights on and expose the sins and get rid of them. And we should. That's not exactly what I want to do, though. I, 
this is where I, I felt the Holy Spirit taking me a little different turn here. So, yes, we should expose those sins. Yes, we should get rid of them. And as the light gets brighter in our lives, we can see more and get, get rid of more. What I want to do, I, feel, I, I just feel the Holy Spirit saying, is we need to get that life or that light back. And I understand in this room, we have people in different stages of light and darkness. So this is not a blanket statement. Yeah, you're all sinners. You all have your light out. We're all in different stages. I get that. If you're listening online, I get that. You know, we're, you know there's different stages. But to allow the Holy Spirit to reignite that fire. That illustration of us blowing on the, the, the embers, right? We get in, we're guys that are having me blowing on, on this, you know, this fire. But it, I came to mind a couple of scriptures. Um, first one is in Genesis chapter 2 at verse 7. And the Lord formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. I don't have time this morning to expand on all that, you know, the breath of life and the break down the words and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But the basic picture of that breath of life, it would be like a newborn. Now, here in America, we take the baby out of the womb, hold it upside down, smack it in the butt, and make it cry. Other cultures and other times <laughs> in history, the baby would come out, and they would blow into the baby to fill those lungs up and get those lungs working again, kind of like CPR, right? When somebody's like, you... you you start pumping on them, you start breathing into them, you get those lungs working, breathe that breath of life into that newborn. The, the other scripture that I'm reminded of is in John chapter 20. This is after Jesus' resurrection. And the disciples are in the room, and they're hiding in the room. They've got the door locked. And next thing you know, Jesus is standing there. Whoa, you know, Jesus, what are you doing here, right? That, that, that scene. And uh, John 20, started at verse 21 and, and 22. So Jesus said to him, this is after he, he appears in, in the room. He said to him again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Very similar word. Uh, of the newborn as of that breath coming into him. It's a very, very you know, Old Testament, New Testament, Greek, similar word, okay, that breath of life. And received this time, before it was, hey, man, come alive. And now it's receive the Holy Spirit and come alive. And then uh, very another very similar, I don't have a slide for it, but another very similar is in Acts chapter 2 in the upper room. Where the sound of a mighty rushing wind came upon them, and the Holy Spirit fell upon them. And I, I love this, especially with my fire illustration. And it lists as if tongues of fire descended on each one of them as they received the Holy Spirit. So again, there's that, that wind, that breath rushing in. 
and bringing back to life what once was dead, or once looked like it was dead, and, and brought it back. You know, we uh, go through a lot of things. I, I, I did skip a, a scripture. I'm going to go ahead and put it up just so you can see it because we're going to go and move on. But Ephesians uh, 5.14 is at the end of our, our passage there. It says, therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. And one of the things I hear a lot in, in church, in the world, on radio, etc., is we, we're, we're praying for revival. God, send revival. God, send revival. We need revival. And almost always in that conversation, they will bring up, it's not a slide. Don't worry. Don't look for it. They'll bring up Second Chronicles seven fourteen, right? And as soon as I start saying, you know, it says, "If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and repent, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land." Right? So everybody quotes that scripture: "Send revival, heal our land, heal their land." But they forget the first part. It says, "If my people, who are called by my name, if they will humble themselves, if." They will repent. Then he will hear from heaven, and then he will heal their land. And so we need to be thinking about that. We need to humble ourselves, repent. And once again, I'm not coming down to anybody like, hey, you don't understand. My fire is bright, my light, you know. I, thank you, praise God. <laughs> awesome. But there are also maybe people with dimmer situations. There are highly possible there's somebody here that their light's gone, and they're just going through the motions. They learn how to walk through the dark. They learn how to function, and they're here. And so uh, we need to get those fires relit, fan those flames. Now, the, in different sections of fire, the, my beach illustration, there was no fire that we knew of, and we got to come back to life. And you're talking about, well, you don't know how on fire I am for the Lord. Awesome, that's true. But I also think about a blacksmith's furnace or a metal worker's cutting torch. That blacksmith's furnace is hot. I mean, it's blazing. And, you know, I don't want to stick my hand in that. It's it, it blazing. But when the blacksmith is ready to work on that metal, what's he do? He puts the metal in there and he adds oxygen to it and heats that fire up. Same with that cutting torch. They got that nice flame coming off the end of that torch, man. It's just nice blue. And I can take a piece of metal and hold that flame on there for now until the end of the day, and I'm just going to heat that metal up. This is going to get hot. But there's this lever. And you hit that lever, and it shoots the oxygen into it. And as soon as you shoot that oxygen into it, you start cutting through that metal now. Right now. I mean, like... Uh, uh, knife through hot butter. You had that cut with that cutting torch. You hold that thing there, hit that air, and start cutting that metal. So you may say, "Hey, I, I'm my fire's raging," but what we're going to do? We're going to add some oxygen to that fire. You may say, "Well, my fire's low. Look, we're going to add some oxygen to that fire." So across the board, we're going to do this. And what I'm going to do here, it's going to almost sound blasphemous. I'm not going to ask the Holy Spirit to come into this room. Some of your faces are like, what's going on? The reason I'm not going to do that is because the Holy Spirit, number one, is here. 
He's also part of the Godhead. Right? He's, he's, he's God himself. And as God himself, he's omnipresent. So we don't have to ask him to come. You know, it's not like, hey, Holy Spirit, would you come into our, our, our gathering? And he's over in Africa. Hey, guys, got to go. Lancaster's calling. <laughs> and then when he gets here, he says, hey, guys, I got like five, ten minutes tops. Then I got to be in Michigan. <laughs> he's already here. So I'm not going to ask him to come. It'd be it's just silly if I say, hey, uh, Pastor Tim, uh, would you come sit in the front row, please, for a moment? And he's going to look at me and, dude, his favorite, his favorite gesture. <laughs> and now you can do it because that's appropriate. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back a few weeks and look at the sermon. Um, <laughs> so it's redundant and ridiculous to ask the Holy Spirit over here. What I really feel I want to do, so that's when I invite the, um, make him welcome here. Say, you are welcome. I acknowledge your presence. You are welcome here, Holy Spirit. You are welcome to do what you want to do. We gave you control earlier in our pre-service prayer and through worship and, and in the beginning of the sermon. But once again, this is your service. But I am going to ask, Holy Spirit, we're talking about new life. We're talking about fire being breathed and built up to us. I'm just going to ask, Holy Spirit, would you breathe the breath of life on Life Church? A new, fresh anointing, that life-giving breath. And just begin to fill this place with newness. Begin to ignite fires. Begin to reignite fires. Begin to take fires that are already hot and just intensify that. And begin to burn all that stuff out of us. I'm going to be so bold to say this. A few months ago, we had an amazing service. And I love that we called it the Spark of Revival. And I'm going to say, Holy Spirit, Spark of Revival, breathe on that spark. And let's turn that into a flame. as we did earlier is when I pray your job is simply this is to receive and whatever posture you want to take to receive that's great if you want to sit in your chair and just raise your hands if you want to stand up and a sign of surrender if you want to come up to the front and kneel before the altar that's totally appropriate whatever you feel Your person. He's not going to force himself on you. So it's your job to say, I receive. I receive. I give you permission to take over my life. I give you permission to fan those flames. I give you permission to do what you want with your life. I give you permission to as the flames come and the light builds to expose that darkness and begin to deal with that darkness. Father, we just thank you right now for this time of gathering. We thank you for what you've done already in the service. The awesome time of worship, Father. Just the time of, of meeting friends and hanging out. And then, Father, just hearing from your word and how you love us so much and how you, you, you just want to have that fellowship with us. And 
you don't want us to walk around in that darkness any longer. And as your word says, even, even in the beginning, when you created light, you separated light from darkness. You said they cannot be together. They cannot mix. But yet we try so hard to mix it, Father. I pray you would break that. In Jesus' name, break that. And right now, Holy Spirit, I just ask you to move in this place. Breathe the breath of life into us individually and as Life Church. Fan the flames. And Father, as we, as our job to receive it, we just, your response to this is say, I receive. It can be that simple. This, as, as you sense the Holy Spirit moving, and I know He's moving because he's, he's been here all day. As you sense the Holy Spirit, you say, yes, yes, give it to me. Thank you. Take control of my life. And surrender. Surrender to the Holy Spirit. Father, I, I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for what you're doing in, in, this, in this church. And I just want to say thank you for what you're doing right now in lives and in hearts. This is that ministry test, that fresh wind, that fresh breath going across our congregation. Holy Spirit, fresh wind, fresh breath. Just move. Have your way, Father. Just breathe. Breathe on us. scripture it starts off saying that the kingdom of heaven is at hand to heal the sick to cleanse the lepers to raise the dead to cast out demons and it says 
freely you have received, freely give. And as you freely receive this gift, now your response also when you receive it now is to give that gift. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. To heal the sick. So right now in the name of Jesus, anyway with any sickness, infirmities, pain, where right now in the name of Jesus, we just pray that you would bring that healing power into their lives, Father. In Jesus' name, begin to heal. It says to raise the dead. And I know this means literally people who have died to raise the dead. But Father, raise the dead spiritually. In the name of Jesus, bring us back to life. Cast out demons. In the name of Jesus, I come against the attack of the enemy that would come against us. That would come against us physically. That would come against us as a church. That would come against us, Father, even as a, a, a city. We, we just, right now, we get to break down those barriers. And we cast you out. You have no dominion over us. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. You have to leave. You have to flee. You cannot have control on us any longer. As our, as our, I guess our benediction. The last part, freely you've received, freely give. As fires and light has been rekindled and relit and burning bright, that you begin to take that light out into your world and expose the darkness. Not be a part of it, not accept it, not be, expose the darkness. Expose the darkness in your own life. Expose the darkness as we go about. And walk in that power that you received of the Holy Spirit. Because of the Holy Spirit, who's in you? Not you, but who's in you. You have that boldness to do that, Father. So right now, Father, I swear to say in our, in our closing, thank you for your, 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 your sweet spirit, your moving, Father. You're changing lives, Father. I thank you right now for healings. I thank you, Father, that um, for spiritual attacks being broken. That, Father, that you just uh, begin, once again, burn bright in our life. Fan that spark of revival into a flame. Move in our lives. Move in our church. Move in our city. And, Father, as the last part of that scripture says, we freely give that we will freely give. We freely receive, we will freely give, Father. So I pray that for that boldness to be able to give what we received out to those that lost and dying world, Father. I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for what you're going to do. And I look forward to hearing testimonies and rejoicing of what has happened. And we'll be able to get to share and rejoice with each other in the things we're doing. And we just, once again, we ask all these things in your son's mighty name.